Did you know that indecision is costing you money? When employees get stuck in indecision loops, it can impact their work, the work of others, commitments to clients, and ultimately, your bottom line. Give your employees access to coaching when they need to stop indecision loops and keep your business moving forward. Visit grandheroninternational.ca slash podcast to learn about the Grand Heron Plus program for corporations. This podcast is part of the C-Suite Radio Network, turning the volume up on business. Welcome to the Keep Leading Podcast, a podcast dedicated to promoting leadership development and sharing leadership insights. Here's your host, the Leadership Accelerator, Eddie Turner. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Keep Leading Podcast, the podcast dedicated to leadership development and insights. I'm your host, Eddie Turner, the Leadership Accelerator. I work with leaders to accelerate performance and drive impact through the power of executive coaching, masterful facilitation, and motivational speaking. In many parts of the world today, and in many areas of life, we see a need for leadership, but not just any leadership, good leadership, effective leadership. But my guest today says we need more than good or effective leadership. In fact, he says to be good or effective, you must be courageous. So we're going to talk about courageous leadership. And we're going to do that with Rhett Power. Rhett Power is a best-selling author, an executive coach, and a columnist at Forbes. But that's not all. Rhett was named as one of the world's top 100 business bloggers and one of the best small business coaches in all of the United States. He's one of Marshall Goldsmith's 100 coaches and was named the number one thought leader on entrepreneurship by Thinkers360. You can find Rhett's work in mass media everywhere. Huffington Post, Business Insider, The Hill, Time Magazine, The Wall Street Journal, CNN Money, and more. Rhett is truly an authority and someone worth listening to and watching. Rhett, welcome to the Keep Leading Podcast. Eddie, it is an absolute pleasure to be here, man. It has been too long. How you doing? I'm well, thank you. It has been too long since you and I have been able to catch up with each other and either digitally or in person for that matter. You getting any sleep with that little one? <laughs> it's getting better. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, just checking. Just checking on you. Yes, sir. Thank you for checking. It's getting better. But uh, yes, she's a true blessing. And uh, fatherhood changes things. In fact, it makes it even more important for me to be a courageous leader. 
<laughs> indeed, indeed, brother. I mean, you gotta you gotta set the example, right? I have to set the example in a whole new way now. So I'm excited to talk to you about this subject and some of the other cool things you're doing. But before we get into our, our main topic for today. I would just like it if you took a couple of moments to tell our listeners about some of the highlights from your incredible background. Wow. That's a great question. Highlights. You know, there's so many. Life is a blessing and it's a blessing to wake up every day. And, you know, honestly, I uh, every moment I, I've been on this journey of life, you know, we all have tough times. We all have we all have struggles and we all you know, have things that we have to deal with and that's just life. But to me, it's all a blessing. One of the things I was, I was talking to somebody the other day and it kind of dawned on me that my life has been sort of characterized by the word no, or not actually not the word no, but by quitting. And so I have to, I have to sort of explain that there've been several points in my life where I quit something so that I could say yes to something better. And quitting gave me the ability to see what was next for me and what I needed to do next. And it, it helped me sort of, it pushed me to, to do that, those things. And I'll, I'll give you a couple of examples. I was about 29 or 30 and, and I was scared to death. I was in this corporate job with clear channel communications. I had the house, the white, not literally the white picket fence, but and not literally the two car garage, but you know, life was going in that direction, you know, mm -hmm. and I could see life 30 or 40 years from now. And it scared me to death that I would, that I would wake up one day and think, wow, there was so much that I could have done or so much that I didn't do. There's so much of life and, and the world to see and, and experience You know anybody that, that does this is not. But for me, that scared me to death, what that end result might be. And so I quit my job and joined the Peace Corps. Why? I don't know, but I needed to. You know, I, I had that gut feeling that said, do it. You don't have anything to lose. You can always come back and get a job. But if you don't do this, you're going to miss something better. That was the best choice I've ever made. That, that, that two years of working in Uzbekistan, teaching kids about marketing and current events and, and more about life than anything in, in a country that was a, a dictatorship and uh, very closed off. It was just such an incredible experience that led to my next thing, which was with USAID, working in Central Asia for about six, seven years you know, spending time in Afghanistan, spending time in, in some really amazing places and doing some amazing work to help people, you know, better their lives. And then that led to quitting that job when I had that same itch, that same feeling that said, now it's time for that next stage, which was entrepreneurship. You know, I quit. A, again, everybody thought I was nuts. Everybody thought I was crazy quit this job that you love, that you're making an impact to start a company that's probably going to fail. That's, those, are, those are people's exact words. But again, I needed to start that company. I needed to, and, and we started a children's toy company, which we were able to, to sell in 2015. But, you know, we were able to take that company global, make toys for, you know, Toys R Us and Walmart and Target and all the big named, you know, stores. I do really, really well bring smiles to kids' faces, which was a joy. And then 
the itch again to sell, to say no again and quit again and say, okay, time to sell, time to move on to something else, which is what I'm doing now, which is coaching. So, you know, all of those times I quit something to, to, to move on to something else that I needed to do something greater. And, and that's what, that's what I mean by that. Thank you for sharing that with us. And so your background highlights your time in the Peace Corps, which sounds like it was a leadership shaping experience. You were an entrepreneur that built a very successful toy business that uh, affected the globe. And you said that the theme through it all was learning the secret to quitting and that that quitting is what allowed you to have opportunities for something new. Would you say that quitting takes courage? It does. Absolutely. Because you're quitting, you know, oftentimes we equate that to a job or, or something like that. And, 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 you know, all of those times I quit something that was actually pretty secure. You know, my job at the radio in the radio industry was very secure. My job at USAID was very secure. My job to an extent at the toy company, although businesses get disrupted all the time and fail all the time, you know, it was pretty secure. And so, you know, each of those times you, you gave up something that was a somewhat of a sure thing for something that was unknown. And it, and it does take courage. But I also, I want to live a life that I define. I want to live a life that has no regrets. I want to live a life where I listen to my gut and I listen to my heart uh, and, and my brain to an extent. But I, I, I want to I live that way. And so, yes. That is what you said is accurate. Okay. So for those listening to our conversation now, what's holding you back from something you would like to have? Red is saying you may need to muster the courage to quit something you have to get what you don't have. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's spot on. I mean, that's spot on you. That's how the universe works. That's how life works, right? You, you often have to give something up to get something whether it's it's money, whether it's time, whether you know nothing is comes for free, nothing, everything has a cost, and, you, and you know, the sooner you realize that, the, the I think the easier you know life is for for most of us. Uh, you understand how that's that's how it works. But I think Eddie, for me, what I would say is that you have to go after what you want. You have to go out. You have to. Uh, take those risks sometimes. You have to swing big, as they say. And I know that's a cliche, but it really is true. Yes. Now, when we talk about courage, people define it in different ways. How do you define courage? Uh, that's a great question. I think courage, you know, we often sort of, if you, if you look at the, 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 the definition in the, in the dictionary, it's doing something that's uncomfortable or that scares you, right? And that's, that's, that's true to an extent, but I think courage, the way I look at it in sort of a business context is that I would expand that definition a little bit. I think in business, you have to have, there, there are three elements of, of what makes courage work in business, and, and that's knowledge, faith, and action. And, and I think in business, you've got to have the, the knowledge that, that what you're doing, where you're going, that your course that you're on is the right course, right? You've got to have the information to be able to make decisions. And, and we all have mechanisms to get to those, to those decision points. We all have 
mechanisms in our companies to get to that, get to the knowledge that we need to make a decision. And then the faith comes when you believe that those are the right, that that's the right call, that, that sort of intrinsic belief that, that you're doing right. You're going in the right direction, that things are, you know, this is the right decision. And again, we all, we all get to that point in a different way, but we have to have that. We have to have the knowledge. We have to have the faith to, in order to make a big decision. The, the next part is action. And, and, and the action part is a lot of times where we often get sort of stuck. And, and if you look at companies that are in paralysis, sort of stuck on a decision, and I'll give you an example. I'm working with this, this healthcare company and they had to buy this, this piece of equipment, this diagnostic piece of equipment. And they knew it was the right decision. They had the, the, the knowledge that it was the right decision. They believed it was the right, they had the faith. They believed it was the right decision that it would save lives. They had people trained on how to use it. And they got stuck on the action piece, which was to pull the trigger to, to order it. Because they labored over the cost that, you know, it was a million something plus dollars. And so they labored over this for months and months and months and months. Right. So they knew it was the right thing. They needed it. It was the right call. Everybody believed that. But they, they labored over the action part, which is pulling the trigger on the cost. In the meantime, people died mm-hmm. as, as a result of not pulling that trigger on that. So we often get stuck in that, that paralysis. And we've all experienced that in working for companies. We've all experienced that maybe even in our own businesses, that sort of paralysis. And so that action piece is really critical to, to making courageous decisions and making courageous, you know, taking courageous action. And so I, that's how I break down courage, that, it, that you've got to have those three elements to, to, to be a courageous company, to be cora- a courageous leader. I like that. And, you've, and you, you know, you've got to look at it in that. And you almost have to look at it in that way. You have to break courage down into in those three ways. So actually, you can put sort of a process around it. You can get your head around decisions, right? Where are we stuck? Are we stuck in the knowledge piece? Are we stuck in the faith piece? Are we stuck in the action part? And, and then, you, you know, you look at it that way. Then you can kind of find out what you need so that you can make decisions and move forward. I like that three-step definition, Rhett. It, it, it indicates that it's not just a, a leap of faith or that it's blind or you're throwing caution to the wind. You're defining courage as you've got a base knowledge of something. Based on that knowledge, it's enough to where you can have faith in the knowledge and the faith is strong enough to move you to action. So the courage is rooted in something. It's not blind. Absolutely. I mean, you, you, you really just sort of crystallize that, right? It, it isn't blind. It's a process that you go through. And, and, and we see it all the time that companies get stuck in, in one phase or the other of this sort of process to me. Because if, you know, uh, if you, if you want to think about it, it I, I kind of look at it like this, like it's knowledge plus faith is paralysis. Faith plus action is kind of reckless. And knowledge and action is sort of the status quo. Like, like it, it, there, you know, you, you kind of take these elements and sort of look at what where companies get stuck, and and, and it's actually pretty easy to to see how you can help people sort of move move forward and 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 sort of break the cycle of sort of 
you know, being a lethargic sort of, I mean, I mean, and the way I look at this is, you know, companies are dying right now, right? Mm-hmm. We're sort of in this, what I would call a business apocalypse, right? I mean, and I, I think that we're in this sort of four, four stages of, of the business apocalypse right now. We've got the business sector, all shapes and sizes and, and, and sectors are perishing. I mean, there's a literal graveyard of brand names out there who failed in the last you know, 15 years. And if you look at the Fortune 500, it used to stay on the Fortune 500 75 years. Now it's 11, right? Mm-hmm. So companies are getting disrupted right and left. Time is just, it seems like it's moving faster and faster now. You need time, but you don't have any time to make changes, to, to keep up with the technology, to, to keep up with the pace of change. And then, you know, our old adage from our friend, Marshall Goldsmith, what got you here won't, won't, won't get you there. That is so true. You know, you can't, you've got to redo and rethink the way you do business. I mean, the, the, the pandemic has made that really evident and really clear. People aren't going to stand for doing business and, and work the way that we used to. Yes. And then finally, the, the fourth stage is, you know, we're wired to fear change and, and change is happening so rapidly that we can sort of, sort of go into this shell, right? We can kind of retract into our shell and just hope that things don't, that we don't get disrupted. All of those things are happening right now. Like the, the decisions are being driven by fear, the rapid pace of change, and then businesses are just getting disrupted. And so all this stuff is happening. And I think I look at courage in the context of knowledge, faith, and action. And you can see just the, the massive issue that, that companies, you know, the ways that we can actually help companies get through all this change and get through and, and, and survive. I mean, it, it's just, it's, it's absolutely essential that you reinvent and that you rethink the way you do things. Very well said. Well, thank you, Rhett. I appreciate that example. I'm enjoying my conversation with Rhett Power. Red is a best-selling author, executive coach, columnist at Forbes, and one of Marshall Goldsmith's 100 coaches. We will have more with Red and this conversation around courageous leadership right after this. This podcast is sponsored by Eddie Turner, LLC. Organizations who need to accelerate the development of their leaders call Eddie Turner the Leadership Accelerator. Eddie works with leaders to accelerate performance and drive impact. Call Eddie Turner to help your leaders one-on-one as their coach or to inspire them as a group through the power of facilitation or a keynote address. Visit eddieturnerllc.com to learn more. Hi, this is Sally Helgeson. I am an author and leadership coach, and you are listening to the Keep Leading Podcast with Eddie Turner. We're back, everyone. I'm talking to Rhett Power. He's a best-selling author, executive coach, and columnist at Forbes, and one of Marshall Goldsmith's 100 Coaches. He is the number one thought leader on entrepreneurship, uh, as rated by Thinkers360, And he was one of the top bloggers in the United States and one of the best business coaches in the United States. So a lot to learn from Red as we talk about courageous leadership. Red, before our break, you defined what courage is and talked about why it matters to companies and their leadership style and their organizations. But when we talk about businesses, 
Business always cares about ROI, return on investment. Is there a return on courage? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, look, change is hard, right? And the hardships that come from not changing will be harder. So I think courage can liberate you from paralysis and inaction. And, and that, honestly, I think is your return, right? I think today, in today's sort of the business climate that we're in and the world that we live in, the return on courage is growth. Uh, the return on courage is customer, I mean, customer and employee retention. I think the return on courage is, in some respects, survival. And, and I think also, I kind of look at cur- as courage as sort of a prerequisite for survival and a prerequisite for change. And I think the more courageous you are as a leader and as a company, I think what the return ends up being is growth and, and I mean, obviously profitability and just a, a company that you can be proud of that will survive what's going on in, the, in, in today's business. And I, I think, so in a lot of ways, it's opportunity. Uh, that, that courage gives you that opportunity for all of those things. Can you teach courage or does a leader just have it? I think some have it, but I think that that process, that knowledge, faith in action, and we have a, a sort of proprietary, a courageous, we have a proprietary system called Price. And, and through that, we, we do teach companies how to be more courageous. If you, again, if you break it down into that knowledge, faith in action piece, right? If you start looking at your decision-making and, and through those lenses, then I think you can teach courage. You can sort of put a process around it, right? Well, that's true. And I should mention that this episode is called Courageous Leadership, but that's also actually the name of what, Rhett? (laughs) (laughs) Well, it is the name of our our leadership consultancy. Yes. Just since you mentioned it. (laughs) And and we kind of look at ourselves as liberators, right? Uh, Liberators from uh, that's how we've always done it. Liberators from that watch your back culture to a gotcha back culture. We help companies liberate, like that. liberate from that hardwired sort of ego, that transactional thinking, that reactive decision making. And we help make, I think we help companies make believers. Uh, we, we talk a lot about in, in our consulting, we talk a lot about believership. Mm-hmm. We, we think that having believership in a company, inside a company, part of that culture is really essential. Uh, we also, we kind of consider ourselves fear fighters. Fear fighters because... We all know people who operate based on fear, right? We know that leader, the type of leaders that that use fear as a as a motivator or use fear as a way to, you know, scare people. And the fear that often drives our decision making, we we see that a lot. You and I in our work, and and so we we also see ourselves as fear fighters. So that's what we do. We help companies liberate themselves from from these things that hold them back. I love that. From a watch-your-back culture to a got-your-back culture, that's powerful. And you're doing that for organizations as large as Google, Snapchat, Major League Baseball, and others, from what I understand. Yes, sir. We are. That's fantastic. Yeah. Absolutely fantastic. It is a lot of fun. And it is a lot of fun. We have this thing called the Courage Confessional. And it's where you go and you and you confess your sins of of not being courageous. And it's, and it's just, 
it's amazing to see the light bulbs that go off when, when people have to verbalize that. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's a totally confidential thing. You do it on your iPhone, you do it, you know, we don't, we don't look at it. We don't, we don't call you out on, on the, on the non courage, courageous behavior, but it is, it is, it often gets emotional and often gets, it's, it's a powerful way to acknowledge sort of where you are mm-hmm. currently and where you want to go. Wonderful. Well, Rick, I think you're doing some pretty incredible work in this area around courage and around leadership, but there's some other interesting things that you're involved in that I would love for you to tell my audience about. We want people to tune in to a certain TV series. Can you talk about that? <laughs> yes, yes, yes. You, you brought up my, my reality show debut. So... I'm on the second season of this uh, show called The Social Movement, uh, which is Chris Lavoie is is producing this program. And, it, you know, the first season airs actually, it's Labor Day, the end of the summer. And that's, that's Memorial Day, isn't it? I, can't, I get those two confused all the time. <laughs> yes. End of summer is Labor Day. Start of summer is Memorial Day. Labor Day, right. So it airs starting Labor Day, season one. I'm on season two. We just wrapped up filming last week in Miami for season two. And the whole point of the show is, and the reason I agreed to do it is it's not one of these gotcha TV shows. It's not one of these gotcha reality shows. It actually brings together entrepreneurs, uh, scientists, doctors, really smart people. I don't know why I got selected. I know why. (laughs) (laughs) And we're brought together in these, in these teams, random teams that none of us knew who we were going to get selected to be with to solve some of the world's pressing problems like hunger and cancer. I, I actually, I think I can disclose that I was on the cancer team. I think if not bleep that part of it out when this airs, but you know, hunger, suicide, the UN development goals. Uh, so that the program took those goals, those massive world issues, global issues that we've been, all of us as a, as a people, as a, as humanity have been struggling with for, you know, since the beginning of time and they brought together, you know, these genius people to solve these problems from a, from in, in a business way, right? So you had four days, it was called four days to save the world. And it was an incredible experience. We worked 18 hour days to come up with a business plan to pitch. You know, I had an incredible team. One of the young people on my team is, is, is suffering from cancer. We had several cancer survivors on our team. So it was real personal for them. And I think, you know, we came up with an incredible solution to cancer um, and we pitched it. I can't talk about the results and we'll have to wait for that. But, you know, it was an incredible experience, four days to save the world, social movement. It, I, this, I think people are really going to love this show because it really illustrates, you know, Eddie, we, we're struggling as a, as, a, as a society, particularly here in the U.S., on, on how we talk to each other, how we work together, how we communicate with one another. And what I loved about this show was it brought 11 strangers together, diverse backgrounds, diverse experiences, diverse people. And we had to learn how to communicate and talk to one another and listen to one another, more importantly. Um, in, in four days to come up with a business plan and a pitch deck to pitch to investors, you know, 
and to pitch to you, to the, the public, because that, that pitch is going to go public and the public's going to pick who they want to fund. So when, when the show goes live, when our season goes live. So that's why I chose to be on the show, because it, it just brought these, this unique group of people together to try to solve a, a massive problem. And where can people get access to the show? So when it when it when this first season comes on, it is an Amazon Prime show. It's also on Apple TV. It'll be on Hulu. It'll be on all of the the streaming platforms. You'll be able to get it everywhere. But it, it's I think it starts on Amazon Prime. I'm, that technology stuff is all way beyond how I, my brain works. So it's on all of those platforms that you you know you can you can download and watch. And and, and it was just a lot of fun to do. And I think. Very, very wholesome, good programming, watching smart people come together and communicate with one another and work together. And, the, and that, that was the special part of it for me. Excellent. Well, if it's on Amazon Prime, we know it will have a large audience and it's probably going to make it to, I would assume, Apple TV. It already, yeah. It, I think it, when it launches, I think it's already going to be out on on Apple. Yeah. yeah, excellent. So, so more of the streaming stations basically is where we should have folks looking for this. Well, I can't wait to see it, and I'll be able to tell people I knew you when because I'm sure <laughs> when this is over, then the next stop is Hollywood. You were in Miami feeling this. The next one you'll be in uh, Hollywood, and you'll be on the bigger screen. So, congratulations. There is some stuff in the works. I, I, I hope, and you know, it was a lot of fun. I never thought I would enjoy hair and makeup for two hours a day and all that stuff that goes with, you know, there, there is that kind of stuff that goes with it. It, it was, it was fun. Uh, it was an experience and I'd do it again anytime with that group of people. Definitely. Fantastic. So Brett here on the keep leading podcast, we always like to know what helps a leader like you keep leading. Is there a piece of advice or a quote that you use that helps you keep leading? Man, if you asked me every day that if you asked me that question every day, it would change because you know of, of context and of, of what's going on that day. But after last week's experience working with these incredible people who have survived cancer, who are fighting cancer, but yet decide to get on a plane and come to Miami and try to help others get through this 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 massive problem and be so unselfish about themselves and their story and, and, and want to help solve this problem for others. I, I just think perseverance like is uh, for me is just looking at them and saying, gosh, they're unselfish that they, they want to help others. And I think if you live life like that, um, you know, when you get to that, that ripe old age and um, you're sitting on that front porch and you're rocking chair you can look back on life as having lived a, a life of meaning and significance. And so, you know, today, what I'd say is that just being unselfish and, and or selfless and persevere are, are the, what I'm really thinking about today and, and how important those traits are in a leader and how important they are for me. You caught me on a day where it's, it's about perseverance and being unselfish. Wonderful. We'll take it. And, I want my listeners to be able to follow you. I didn't realize until today that you have almost 150,000 followers on LinkedIn. So for the few people that are not already following you, tell us where we can find you. So you can find me on LinkedIn. Obviously, it's a great place to communicate with me directly. Uh, website, rettpower.com. 
can also find uh, more about Courageous and our work with the Courage Bootcamp and, and some of our work at Courageous at Courageous.io. You know, reach out on LinkedIn. Look, I, I think just because, Eddie, you have a show and you know, I have a show and we, we, we do this media stuff. It doesn't mean not to reach out. Right. I mean, I, I know you and I both pay attention to what people write on LinkedIn and when they communicate with us. So don't be you know afraid to reach out and talk to us directly and communicate with us. So I, I just encourage that. But LinkedIn is a great place, a great way to, to expand your network and to get in touch with people. Wonderful. And the name of your show again. So it's called the power lunch live been doing that live show on LinkedIn for about three years. However, we are going to change it pretty soon, Eddie, to Courageous Live or some variation of the name. But we're going to really be interviewing people who have had courageous careers and done courageous things. I want to dig into what motivated them to do that and the result of that return on that career, on that courageous act or that courageous behavior or that courageous thing that they did. I, so I want to dig into that a little bit more and why people do what they do. Excellent. Well, we will put all that into the show notes so people can know how to find you, connect with you and follow you. You are someone who is truly worth following in your writings or on television or wherever you're, you're at, it is the place to be. So thank you, Red, so much for being a guest here on the Keep Eating Podcast, helping us to be more effective as leaders as we manifest courageous leadership and keep leading. Thank you, Eddie. Been a pleasure. And thank you for listening. That concludes this episode, everyone. I'm Eddie Turner, the Leadership Accelerator, reminding you that leadership is not about our title or our position. Leadership is action. Leadership is an activity. It's not the case of once a leader, always a leader. It's not a garment we put on and take off. We must be a leader at our core and allow it to emanate in all we do. So whatever you're doing, always keep leading. Thank you for listening to your host, Eddie Turner, on the Keep Leading Podcast. Please remember to subscribe to the Keep Leading Podcast on iTunes or wherever you listen. For more information about Eddie Turner's work, please visit eddieturnerllc.com. Thank you for listening to C-Suite Radio, turning the volume up on business. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.